Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. No need for the calculator here, Poindexter. We're average Joes who are passionate fans. This is for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Hey, 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 and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagle Podcast. What an exciting week for Southern Miss fans. We cannot wait to talk about our favorite moments from the week. But first, I want to introduce you to my amazing co-host, Mr. Lane Brady. Lane, it is June 8th, and Trey Morgan has still not been hit by a pitch. It is June 8th, and Trey Morgan has still not been hit by a pitch. Guys, <laughs> Eagle fans, I talked so much smack to, to, it was Morgan and what was it, Stevenson, the other one? Right. Something like that. I think so. I talked smack to them the rest of the weekend after those phantom hit by pitches. And uh, Chuck can attest to it. I I ran my mouth a lot, Eagle Nation, until about Monday. And Monday, I lost my voice totally. But... Yeah, I gave them all I had, man. I gave them all I had till Monday. What an exciting weekend for Southern Miss baseball. I'm excited to have a, another weekend of postseason ball and have some history happening this weekend. We get a first, so to the top. I'm excited. Well, we got two very special guests with us today. Uh, first, I want to introduce a guy I've known for, well, I don't really want to say how long I've known him for because it'll say how old me and him are, uh, but we come from the same town of Purvis, Mississippi. Welcome, Mr. Billy Carr. What's up, Billy? Oh, Chuck, man. Uh, excited that uh, and honored that you would uh, invite me and my friend Corey on your show. Um, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you at the games and as soon as you told me about your show, I've listened to it all week and just uh, excited about what y'all are doing, excited about some Southern Miss baseball, and, and just excited to talk about it tonight. Awesome. And you mentioned him. Uh, Billy brought on a really good friend of his, Mr. Corey Moore. What's up, Corey? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on tonight. Looking forward to chatting a little bit about uh, – couple things going on this week, maybe, right? Maybe. Just a few things happening in Hattiesburg this week. Welcome. All right. The first question we like to ask all of our Everyday Eagle podcast first-timers is, what makes you an Everyday Eagle? So we'll start with Billy. Billy, what makes you an Everyday Eagle? Uh, well, Chuck, um, this is a, you know, uh, uh, a question I, I uh, am honored to be asked uh, because I kind of feel like I'm maybe – uh, not quite uh, up to the level of everyday eagle, um, you know, and that's why that's why I had to bring my buddy on here with me because I know he he definitely outranks me as everyday. Uh, matter of fact, he kind of pulls me up whenever I'm, uh, you know, we're going through some tough times and uh, and stuff. But um, uh, so we're along with Corey. I gotta I gotta throw it back to uh, uh, to actually my wife um, that brought me into the Eagle Nation. Um, when I uh, was young uh, and and stuff, you know, we didn't we didn't quite get out a whole lot and and, and get to know a whole lot about uh, a Southern Miss, and um, and so when I went to Pearl River, uh, started dating this uh, this girl, and uh, she's a little bit older than me. So when I was finishing up down there, she was at Southern, and and she started bringing me to all the games, and 
Um, and then, uh, you know, as we uh, dated, we ended up getting married and we, we attended everything Southern Miss. And, uh, and then I met my friend Corey through a mutual friend. Um, uh, Corey loved baseball uh, 10 times more than we did. And we loved baseball uh, and was already attending a bunch of games. And, uh, and that was about the time of uh, the 03 regional. And, and uh, we started uh, kind of kicked off our friendship through baseball and, and uh, through the last, 20 something years haven't missed too many games, you know, and uh, it's just been pretty special. So uh, we've had a lot of good memories with uh, football also, but uh, it's, uh, it's been a, uh, a big family thing for me with my friends. And then of course my wife and my family growing up. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. And um, Corey, man, thanks for, for helping get Billy plugged into Southern Miss. Tell us why you're an everyday Eagle. Sure. Well, I mean, in 01, I transferred to USM after uh, playing baseball a couple of years at Heinz Community College. And so, uh, you know, at that point, I got a job at Lamar County School District and was living in the apartments right next door to the to Pete Taylor Park. And uh, for a guy who loves baseball, that's and I'm a student, I get in free. That's uh, an easy entertainment. Right. And so I spent a lot of time would walk next door, go to games, uh, go to, you know, fo- hit football games. And so. It was really just one of those things. I'm a student. I got right. to get involved. Always played uh, intramural sports, and and it was just one of those things from the get go that uh, I like to plug myself into wherever I was. And, uh, my, actually, my first football game uh, I ever went to. My mom and dad are, are both USM grads, also. But I was so busy with sports, we never made it down to games until my first football game was the '99 Tulane, which was slightly warm. And, you know, but getting to watch Jeff Kelly, AD, and that group. So that's kind of how I got started with Southern Miss. That was a fun group of guys to watch play football. Back yes, it then. was. I, I remember going to some of those games, too, whenever I was younger, and that was a whole lot of fun. I, I thought Jeff Kelly was like the gold standard for quarterback. Yes. Lane, I listened to the show earlier today, and, and I believe you shared that as part of your story. Um, how old did you say you were uh, when you went to that game? Uh, I was in the fourth grade. In the fourth and grade. And it was Jeff Kelly and Derek Nix. That's that's pretty awesome. So um, I, I bought a football jersey at that game. It was a number 82 football jersey, which I think was handy. Leroy Handy back then? Yes. Something like that. I bought a number 82 football jersey and wore it to school every week. You know, just fired up about Southern Miss. Uh, that, it's just kind of funny because I was thinking around that time frame, you know, and Corey, that's around the first time he went. And, um, you know, me and my wife had not got married yet. And uh, but that's one of the first real big Southern Miss events was going to those games because that was around. Um, what was that? Was that 97, 98? Um, I might be a little off on my dates, but then we went to the Liberty Bowl and um, with that group and. uh and, uh, and and so that was the first big experience for me and my wife. wasn't married yet at that time, but it was it was probably the biggest kickoff. So I thought that was kind of neat that uh, everybody was around that particular team. Thought it pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. That was it was a lot of fun back back then watching some Southern Miss football. Absolutely. Got a lot of fun coming up this year in Southern Miss We do. Football. We got definitely we got trending in the right direction. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, uh, since y'all brought up that, we're going to talk about the, the second question we like to ask, and we'll go to Corey first with this one. Uh, Corey, what is your favorite Southern Miss moment? 
I mean, honestly, this is a tough one for me because you can talk about, uh, you know, one of my first memories was the the 03 Liberty Bowl. That was a great one we went to. Uh, The 03 Regional at home, baking on the grassy knoll, you know, when we were playing Baylor on that Sunday championship game. Uh, TCU in 03 when we beat them 40 to 28 at home. You know, I got a picture with Billy uh, and his wife and my, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife was uh, we're holding the goalpost. I mean, that's an awesome memory. Uh, obviously, this year's regional win. But to me, you can't top the 09 College World Series. Um, I, I was at the Supers. I was at the College World Series. That is absolutely my favorite. It was an amazing memory. Uh, I, you know, getting to go to Omaha and watch the Golden Eagles play was was an awesome memory. I, I will give a honorable mention shout-out to the 02 Houston Bowl versus Oklahoma State, even though we lost. But that was the first time I went with this girl and her friends, and turns out now she's my wife. So I have to kind of give an honorable mention to that one. But, but definitely the 09 College World Series for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Billy, what about you, man? What's your favorite Southern Miss moment? Well, I think it's funny. Uh, me and Corey haven't had much time to kind of chat about the show beforehand and, uh, and, and, and kind of game plan. But And so he's already mentioned several things that, uh, you know, because we've been blessed to experience so much of these things together. Um, I'm going to throw in, it's a hard question. Um, you know, uh, 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 I think back to me and my wife going and seeing, uh, Peyton Manning and, uh, Southern Miss play up in Knoxville. Um, Corey went with us to see, uh, you know, uh, Southern Miss in Florida. We got to see Tim Tebow's first appearance down there. Um, one of my favorite memories was my son. Uh, I can't remember if he was – he was still pretty young, but uh, he's down there in Brian Dozier signing a baseball for him. And Brian Dozier says, so who's your favorite baseball player? And he says, no doubt, Bo Davis, you know. And uh, it was just a hilarious. And, you know, uh, That's you know, great. I mean, Nathan knew who his favorite was, and that's just a great memory. Um, you know, I mean, uh, gosh, uh, Bo Griffin's home run and the call. Uh, we were there that night to come back against Ole Miss. That was so good, um, you know. Uh, but I, but I think uh, I think overall, um, you know, going to uh, the World Series in '09, uh, it was mine and Jennifer's tenth anniversary, uh, and uh, you know, my kids was four and two at the time, and uh, we we left them with the grandparents. Was blessed that they were able to keep them, and we said we're we're not missing it for anything. Right. So we. We went and, of course, met Corey up there and uh, just another great experience and, and one that we will never forget. Um, although, uh, boy, this past weekend, I mean, I'm telling you, it's was, it was right there rivaling it. So, it was phenomenal. Uh, you know, my, now my kids are older and they're becoming huge fans themselves. I've seen both of them just really fall in love with sports this year, fall in love with players. And, uh, man, that's just special. Uh, and, uh, and and that's the biggest part to me. So. Absolutely. And, and you know, we, we got the honor, uh, Peyton and I and Lane, for a little while, of sitting behind you and your family during that, that moment. We got to see y'all kind of interacting. Kind of tell us, um, what, is, what is it like, you know, watching a game like this with your son? Oh, man. Um, Does it make it that much sweeter? You know, it, it, I tell you, Chuck, it's, um, you know, and Corey can tell you, too, um, our kids – uh, were raised at that ballpark. Um, you know, when, when we were, you know, uh, I remember, you know, my wife being pregnant with both kids and, 
you know, we've got pictures of our kids learning to walk on holding those chair backs. Uh, when they were little and, and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, heck, we didn't have a whole lot of money, but you know what, we could afford season tickets and, uh, and we would all go and, and it was something easy and the, we could kind of let the kids go and everybody welcomed them and loved them. And uh, it was just a great environment. Um, you know, and of course, as they've grown older, um, they're in their own activities. It's become, you know, a little more challenging to, uh, you know, we haven't been able to make, uh, these season ticket holders just because of, uh, we wouldn't be able to make the games due to their activities they're in, but you know they're starting to get to that age where that's kind of coming back around again, and and uh, and we make the games that we can, and it's just it's it's really special. Um, uh, you know, uh, and the more you talk, it's the more memories that we think of. Uh, both of my kids, one of their first memories is, um, you know, the play at the plate with Chucky and beating Rice in the conference tournament. Um, man, they just, that was one of their first big experiences, like a, just a big moment in sports and the crowd going crazy. And, uh, and, and, you know, we, we, we went to Tallahassee that, uh, that year for the regional and took them down there. It was their first regional we went to and, uh, had a good fun experience down there. And, uh, it, it's a, it's a blessing. And, um, and not to say too much, I'm going to let Corey kind of share some more on that too, because he's always right there with us. And, um, his family's grown there too, and it's it's been special. Absolutely. And uh, real quick, one more thing, uh, Billy, you you told me I think it was yesterday that you listened to the Where Are They Now, Colin Cargill, and that it kind of brought back some emotions of that 2009 um, College World Series run. Oh my gosh, Chuck. Um, so and, and Coral have to weigh on this because so what happened is is. Uh, you know, we, we went to Georgia Tech that, that for the regional, and um, you know, it's uh, it, it's like we kind of, you know, just just had some different types of heartbreak, and you know, we've been pushing. We had the we hosted the regional for the first time, and then, you know, man, we just we got so close several times, um, you know, through the next several years. Uh, me and Corey went to that Alabama regional, and uh, when Dozier was a freshman, and you know, just just. Just so close, and we finally, you know, uh, wasn't able to go to Atlanta uh, that particular time because the kids were young, but we were listening to it on the radio. You know, they didn't have the ESPN Plus back then where, you know, you could watch every game, and so it just that was a great experience in itself, just listening to baseball on the radio. Uh, but, man, as soon as they pulled that out, it was just like just this uh, awesome feeling of going to a Super Regional. And, um you know, we were, we were kind of really like, okay, you know, how do we make this happen? You know, can we go? And, uh, so me and my family, you know, our, our game plan was like, look, we can't make gainful, but if we pull it off, we're definitely going to Omaha. So we, we watched it at home and I'll let Corey share about his trip because he was able to go. Uh, but it just, it was so, you know, I mean, you know, everybody knew how passionate we were about it and, you know, we're sitting there watching it on, on our TV. Uh, and it was just one of the moments when uh, that double play happened. I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, uh, me and my wife both, I mean, we ran out of the house. We were screaming and hollering. The whole, the neighbors in Purvis were like, what in the world's going on down here? And, uh, you know, and then the phone calls started coming in. Uh, Corey's at the game and he's calling me on the phone and he's screaming and hollering. And we, you know, get to share a little bit of moment over the, you know, over the phone and, uh, it was just, it was a, it was an awesome experience. And then, you know, getting to listen to the show and listen to Colin, uh, who is definitely up there on my, uh, one of my favorite players, 
just his style, everything he did. Um, you know, uh, you know, he just it seemed like he was always just, you know, I think the comment he made, you know, he's like, you know, when when uh, I can't think of the batter's name, uh, but you know, he's like he rips that foul ball, you know, and the whole crowd like went crazy a little bit, like. But instead of panicking, he's like, no, I'm going to go after him, you know, and um, what a cool thing. And then just to listen to him talk about the slow motion of it, um, it just I can I can visualize that constantly in my mind uh, and relive that moment that we had at the house. And, uh, you know, and then and then from there, it's just, you know, uh, just set things in motion to, uh, you know, to, to plan a trip to Omaha and, and, and celebrate that in a different way. And it was just it was it was very awesome and it's something I enjoy getting to getting to fall back and listen to. So. All right, so now there is a special Golden Eagle we need to give a shout out to right here, guys. I don't know if y'all saw the headlines here, but Carson Pato is a freshman All American. So shout out to Peyto. His stat line this season looks like this. He has a 278 batting average, 15 doubles, 16 home runs, and 48 RBIs. Fantastic job by Peyto. Would any of y'all like to add anything to Peyto, his stat line, or what he's been doing this season? He's just a special player to watch. Yeah, he's also, it's worth noting that he leads the team with uh, in slugging percentage with a 561. Great. So he's he has overtaken Sarge for that title. And that's not an easy thing to do when you got a guy hitting over twenty that home is not runs easy. like Sargent. So very impressive. All right, quiz time guys. Do y'all know the last player that got freshman all American from Southern Miss? You're gonna have to enlighten us on this one, Chuck. I don't have the stat pulled up. Dig Nabbit. Walner's an easy answer. But Walter is an easy answer, but the last one we had was Mr. Reed Trimble in 2021. Yep. What a amazing I should have player known he was. That. And I, you should have known. I mean, the man I'm hit 100 home runs. Right. And I, I hate that we only had him one year. And the fact that he was. A, I was going to ask, what would our offense look like with him this year? Ah, it's scary. Our offense would look scary. I really believe that. It's fair. And then before that, Etheridge was a freshman All American in 2020. And that shortened COVID year, but we don't like to talk about Oh, yeah, about. he did have a – he had a great freshman season. I do remember that. He started out in the pen, didn't he? And then it made his way into the rotation that year. Made his way into the – yep. And this is the ninth Golden Eagle under uh, head coach Scott Berry to receive the uh, Freshman All-American Award. So, he's doing something right. The man's a legend. He's the GOAT. And so, now that we've given Pato those props – uh, I guess it's time to move on with the show, folks. <laughs> so, Harry, go ahead and get us started. Holy cow! All right, so, Billy and Corey, this segment here is where we get to talk about the Golden Eagles from last weekend that made us say, holy cow. So, I'm going to start with Chuck here. Chuck, in the Hattiesburg Regional, what Golden Eagle made you say, holy cow? Well, I'm going to have to give it to Mr. Danny Lynch for the second week in a row. Uh, his hitting carried over. I mean, his hitting carried over into the regional, um, and then you know he had that big hit and the uh, night to score Sarge that sack fly to score Sarge for the go ahead run eight to seven. But for me, the moment that I literally said "Holy cow!" was in the bottom of the ninth inning 
And I think it was um, Doty who had been doing damage to us all weekend, hits a rocket to third base, and Lynch somehow grabs it, gets up, and throws a strike to first. It was an excellent I'm going to be honest. It was an excellent play. And I'm going to be honest. I think if that ball gets through, um, it, it's possibly a double, and I think it would be a completely different outcome of the game. Stewart was dealing, but I, I really think that, that that snag and that throw kind of gave Stewart like a shot in the arm to finish it off. So I'm going to have to give it to you Danny You can't Lynch. have Danny doubles without Danny Lynch. This past weekend, Danny had two doubles. Just keep on doing his thing. And, guys, he went nine for 18. He hit 500 on the weekend. So very impressive by Danny. Four RBIs, uh, three runs scored in his own right. He He's he's uh, really swinging it right now. He's he's seeing the ball really well, and he's he's hurting pitchers when they make mistakes for sure. I still am, uh, uh, you know, amazed that he didn't make the all-regional uh, team uh, based off of his numbers he did. I know they had to include some other players around from all the teams, but uh, I think he got snubbed on that one. He got shafted. Yeah, that was kind of a head-scratcher for me, too. But right. nonetheless, Danny, I was you shocked are an all-star well. in our book. Agreed, agreed. So, and you're the Holy Cow Player of the Week for Chuck two weeks in a that row. That is true. So. He's the back-to-back Holy Cow Player of the Week for Chuck. So, Corey, what Golden Eagle? So, Corey, what Golden Eagle made you say Holy Cow? Well, that's a great question. There's a lot of easy answers here. Before I get to that, though, I first have to call out how, like I said, Holy Cow at how electric Pete Taylor Park was. And especially in those big three LSU games, uh, you know, anytime LSU fans would get to going, Southern Miss fans would just drown them out in any of their cheers. It is the most electric games I've ever been to at Pete Taylor Park. It was loud. It was awesome. So, so you're saying the Hattiesburg ball. takeover didn't go according to plan like LSU had planned? Not even close did it go to plan. I mean, we every time that they started it, we would just drown them out. It was awesome. It was a great atmosphere. So that was my first holy cow thought about the weekend. But as far as player goes, it's got to be Justin Storm. I mean, that guy comes in and that after we get gut punched on Saturday night, we we, we, we really struggled in that, that Kennesaw State game. Um, you know, it was hot. Everybody was just dying. It was – everybody looked a little lethargic. We come into the LSU game. It's a – you know, Justin Storm comes in in a 4-4 game in the fifth inning after Isaiah Rhodes hits the first batter, and he proceeds to retire 15 of the next 19 batters throughout the end of that game. I I mean, he goes seven Ks, only one walk, and gives up two hits the rest of that game. Absolutely phenomenal job because he saves our pitching that we desperately are going to need to turn around and beat a a, a great hitting LSU team for Monday. But not only that, what – what he showed is that it, you don't have to have Hurston Waldrop level stuff to shut LSU down, you know, cause on Saturday night, Waldrop was ridiculously good. And then the bullpen comes in and struggles and, and get and blows that lead. So, you know, Justin storm really shows the rest of that pitching staff and not only the rest of the pitching staff, but coach Oz, here's a little bit of a blueprint on how you can get these guys out. Um, and, and so it, they're vulnerable a little bit to some left-handed pitching. And, and if you keep the ball at their knees, then, you know, guys like Barry and, and crew, they're, they're just going to hit it into the ground and hit line drive base hits. You'll keep them in the park. 
And so it gave us a blueprint on how to pitch to LSU for that Monday. And, and, and you saw Oz come in on Monday and really work that blueprint. So to me, Justin Storm. Uh, man, Justin Storm, yes. Very good holy cow player right there. Guys, do you know what his highest pitch count was going into that game? It was 22 pitches against South Alabama. You know how many pitches he threw against LSU that night? 85 pitches. Justin Storm threw 85 pitches against LSU and was just absolutely dominant, as we've already talked about. And then when you think you can't like him anymore, he gets on a post-game presser and says, this is big boy baseball. Like, Justin Storm, you are the man. If you you ever hear this podcast, like, you're the man right now, in my opinion. Absolutely. And – and Lane, did you hear your your best friend Mikey Mike down there in LSU say that uh, that uh, Justin Storm and Tyler Stewart, if when they were at South, uh, LSU, that they would be the Friday night starters? They would battle for Friday night starters. I believe that. I mean, we yeah, that's how deep our bullpen is. That's how deep our pitching exactly. staff is. All right, so Billy, are we going to go another pitcher here? Or are you going back to a hitter here for your holy cow? Well, I'll tell you, Lane. I, uh, uh, Chuck Chuck probably did steal uh, uh, Big Danny Lynch uh, because my daughter is uh, going to get a little upset at me for not picking him because uh, he is definitely her favorite player, uh, and he's definitely up there for mine. Uh, and uh, it's exciting, but but really, uh, I'm going to throw my uh, holy cow moment uh, to actually a story uh, of my son. Because here we are in the final game. Uh, man, it's, it's an, just like Corey said, it's, it is the most electric we've ever seen at stadium. Uh, we are having just uh, a wonderful time celebrating. And, and then here comes uh, LSU, uh, you know, back again, battling. They never quit. Uh, you know, they get the home run in the eighth uh, to tie the game, you know. And uh, – Harper's uh, battling. Um, you know, he actually uh, give up the homer, and then he comes back and he strikes out two. Um, you know, to Bianco and Pearson, uh, which was which was you know, I mean, as much as he was battling, he he, he still did an awesome job there. Uh, but then, um, you know, Cruz he gives up the walk to Cruz, who uh, put up a great at bat, and, and Corey kept saying the entire tournament, he's like, you know, you know, if, if we can just uh, you know, if we if we give up a hit or a walk to Cruz or Barry, as long as we can get the other one out, you know, you know, we can we can get through this lineup. And uh, you know, and and uh, my son was sitting there, and I could tell he was panicking a little bit. Here they are, they just tied the game up. Uh, and uh, and we go to Tyler Stewart, you know, and uh, and I made a comment to Nathan, my son. I said, uh, I said, oh, I'm excited about this. I said, I like this move right here. Uh, man, Stewart just is, uh, you know, he's just you know, he's had some great performances throughout the year. And uh, to me, what I like about him is he just, uh, he just, man, he's just a, he just uh, induces them ground balls, you know. And, uh, and I told Nathan, I said, I said, I like this move. I said, I said, you watch. I said, he's got a great shot of just getting a ground ball and let's getting out of this inning so we can get right back to, uh, get right back to our batters, you know. And sure enough, Barry goes up there, grounds out the second base, 
another great play, uh, gets us out of the inning, and, and, and Nathan's exact words to me was, holy cow. He turns, he's like, holy cow, Dad, how did you know that? And I said, well, I said, well, son, it was just a good guess, but uh, these great pitchers, uh, you know, they're coming in and doing their job and they're getting it. Uh, he goes on to, I mean, heck, you know, we, uh, obviously we, you know, we got a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, obviously top of the ninth uh, serves by getting that extra run, um, you know, but with just the continual threat of them to come in, uh, get uh, get the big ground out to uh, Danny Lynch that Chuck mentioned, you know, I do, I think the same thing. I think he was, uh, he was uh, pitching on his game, but if that one sneaks through, I mean, who knows what could have happened. Uh, so together, getting the ground ball that we can have an opportunity to let the defense work behind you, make the great play. Uh, then another ground out to Morgan, um, you know, and then and then goes right after Thompson on an awesome strikeout. I just uh, he kept us cool, and uh, and it just man, it was just a, a pretty awesome uh, awesome thing to to see, and and glad to just have him as just another uh, you know weapon out of that bullpen. And uh, and somebody that you know that's going to be able to uh, come in and and battle and and you know and now has some good confidence you know to uh, to go up against uh, you know really what I think is uh, anybody else that's out there that we're going to go up against this year. I think that's a great one, Billy. I, I quick question for the staff here. Um, you know, Tyler Stewart threw one in the third inning. He faced four batters and threw ten pitches. Question: How many curveballs did Tyler Stewart throw out of those ten pitches? I'm gonna say. Z- I'm gonna say zero. Zero. It was zero. And if you'd have told me he throws all fastballs out of those ten pitches, I would tell you we're probably in trouble because LSU is an excellent fastball hitting team. But he located them and he had great run on those pitches, and it, it was it was very impressive for him to come in and shut them down the he, way he did. And he's so long. He's so big and so long. That ball just – it gets on him so quick, man. He's a dominating force. And, guys, here's a fun stat for you. Tyler Stewart got two wins in two days. He beat Kennesaw State on Sunday, turned around beat LSU on Monday. Now, he only pitched 2.1 innings, but still, uh, when he came in the game, good stuff happened. So, Tyler Stewart, man, hats off to you. He crushed it this weekend. Killed it. All right, so my holy cow player is Christopher Sargent. And I feel like this is taking low-hanging fruit here, picking the MVP of the regional. So, I, you know, I'll admit this was kind of a, a low-hanging fruit moment here. But, guys, when you consider the fact Sargent was hurt, I don't know if you could tell, uh, you know, on TV or anything, but if you were at the game, you could tell he was hurting bad. Sargent got hurt the last game of the conference tournament against UTSA. He came out of the game late in, the, late in that last game and had an ice pack on his back. And there were questions as to whether he could play or not going into this regional. And, guys, he did what he had to do. He went out there and fought his way through a lot of pain. You could tell he was hurting. But, guys, he came out there and he flat out produced – Sargent on the weekend went 11 for 21. That's a 524 batting average with one home run, two doubles, six runs scored, and four RBIs. Uh, Guys, Sargent just raked at the plate this weekend. And when you take into account his back was bothering him, and it's hard to play through a back injury in baseball. 
all the rotation that happens there. And when you consider he did all this with a hurting back, guys, Sergeant, well, number one, he's tough as nails. That's a grown man out there playing baseball. And two, he just, guys, it just, it puts that performance in a whole different light. You see a guy who is just really tough and loves his team and would give anything for him. And so, my hat's off to you, Chris Sargent. Not only did you win the MVP of the tournament, but, man, you really showed us some guts out there this weekend. Very special. I think that's a great call-out. He even mentioned in one of his, the post-game interviews where he talked about how uh, it, it forced him to shorten his swing up a little bit. You did, I think and, so. And become more of a, a contact hitter, and that was something that he felt like he was over-swinging during his struggles before that. And so – uh, yeah, I think that's an excellent call out. He did really push through a, a, a tough back injury and, you know, really carried us from, from an offensive standpoint. So good call. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to add to that too. Uh, something that's really cool. Uh, a close friend of mine that does not follow the team uh, like we do uh, was watching the, uh, uh, was watching the game against Kennesaw state on TV and, um, he was talking to me the following day. Like he's like, man, when when Sergeant walked up to the plate, I was like, I don't, I haven't watched this guy enough to know his, you know what he, you know what his, uh, you know his body language is like. But he said you could just tell the confidence in that guy. He said there was no doubt that he was gonna uh, get that walk off win when he stepped into that box. It was like it was like he's like, up, oh, it's done, it's over. You know, uh, if he doesn't get that hit, then then we're done for the year. And um, you know, it was just uh, it's exciting that. Every time he steps up to that plate, that you know something big can happen, and it's uh, it's awesome to have him on our team. No doubt, he's a good one to have in the black and gold for sure. And I'm hoping he comes out there and picks up right where he left off coming up this weekend. All right, so some other notables, guys. I'm just going to hit through these really quick. We had a lot of notables this week. It was a good weekend for the Golden Eagles. Okay. I'm going to run through some of these. Against LSU, the second game, that Sunday game, uh, Dustin Dickerson hit a double. That's kind of what he does, okay? Uh, Reese Ewing had a double over the weekend also. Slade Wilkes, guys, Slade Wilkes, uh, he went two for four that last game against LSU. But to me, the big thing about Slade Wilkes was he had that big inning where we just had an explosion of runs, guys. Slade Wilkes, uh, to me, kind of sparked that whole thing. Number one, their pitchers were in the middle of a meltdown. And number two, they finally threw one over the plate, and he punished them for it and hit it back up the pipe and drove in some big a big RBI. And so Slade, he really showed up big in that last game against LSU. Uh, Gabe Montenegro, the mayor of Batesburg, uh, he went two for three against Army and three for five against LSU. Also had a stolen base against Army. Carson Pato, boys, here's the stat for you. Every single game we played LSU, he hit a home run. Every single game he hit a home run. So LSU will be very grateful they don't have to see number 37 come back up to the plate. Um, matter of fact, he led off that third game against LSU, the rubber match. Against LSU, the third pitch of the game, he took it. He took it over the left field fence, and it was it was a moonshot. It was high. You didn't know if it was out to the last second. Um, so Will McGillis, Chuck, we got us a McDinger this week. Will hit a home run in that first game against uh, against LSU. 
really got the crowd behind it and got them into it. And Blake Johnson against Kennesaw had a two-for-two day with a double. So good day for him against Kennesaw. Our pitching staff, to me, is where we really separated ourselves this weekend. uh, Here's your stat line here. Our starting pitchers this weekend, Tanner Hall threw 109 pitches. Hurston Waldrop threw 119 pitches, and Hunter Riggins threw 117 pitches. That's going a long distance out of your starters there. Tanner against Army gets the win. He throws eight innings, gives up four hits, nine Ks, one walk. That's just what Tanner Hall does. Hurston Waldrop was fantastic. Hurston was my next one to pick on the Holy Cow player. I was going back and forth there. He threw 6.2 innings against LSU. Uh, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, 11 Ks. 11 Ks. Very impressive out of him. And then Hunter Riggins against Kennesaw throws a complete game. Doesn't get the win because we had to go into extras. He throws a complete nine innings, gave up seven hits, only one earned run, six Ks, and one walk. So that was our starters against them. Some notable guys out of the bullpen Isaiah Rhodes against LSU. Uh, Sunday night, or yeah, Sunday night, he goes 1.2 innings pitched and doesn't give up a run in relief. Uh, Landon Harper, he got his 12th save of the season against Army and Dalton Rogers, uh, against LSU the first game. He threw a, he threw an inning without giving up a run. And the fact I'm throwing out relievers who threw innings without giving up runs tells you how difficult it was to get this LSU Tiger lineup to get them to go out quietly in an inning. They were really, really tough. So those guys had to battle a lot this week. And so that's the notables for this past week uh, weekend at Southern Miss. Again, I think everybody's talked enough about it right now to let you know this was a special weekend for Southern Miss baseball. It was one I will never forget. It was some of the most fun I've ever had at a ball game. I think I sat by you just about every game, didn't I, Chuck? And Peyton. And guys, we just had a blast, man. It was it's a lot of fun going into these games and, and going up against them. I can't wait for this next weekend. Speaking of can't wait, let's head to our next segment. Can't wait. All right, so Billy and Corey. Now this next segment is the can't wait segment. And in this segment, guys, what we do is we talk about what we can't wait to see in the next coming weekend here out of this upcoming matchup we have. So Chuck. I'll get it started off with you. What can you not wait to see this weekend? Well, I want to I want to take y'all back to 2021. Um, we're in Game Seven of the Ole Miss Regional. Um, the first two. Do we have to go we, back? We, to just, but it, it's, I'm bring, I'm bringing it to a good point. I'm bringing it to a good point. Uh, the first two All innings, right. uh, they scored nine runs. Um, eventually, go on to beat us 12 to nine. So for me. It's the possibility of the revenge um, against Elko and those rebel black bear land sharks of Ole Miss. Uh, we were so close to a super regional last year, but we just couldn't hold on in game seven. And, and I'm, I'm going to be real. I think Southern Miss versus Ole Miss is probably going to be the best regional or super regional on TV. I mean, we're in-state rivals. Uh, we have a regular season split, one and one, you know, playing for a chance to go to Omaha. And I, I really believe the stars have aligned. And I hope it's time for our team. Uh, real quick story. Um, you know, my dad passed away June 26 last year, and uh, this year, you know, in, in our section has kind of been a theme that you know that home run was for Wimp or that was for Charles, which is my dad's name. 
Uh, I even had friends come by and say, hey, Chuck, you know, your dad was a pastor. You think he could put in a good word for uh, Southern Miss to go to Omaha this year? Um, and, you know, game seven, they started playing uh, Gabe's walkout song during one of the LSU pitching changes. Um, and so all year, you know, we, we all clap at that song, but I had no idea what it was called. I had no idea what it said. So, you know, I asked Siri, like, what, what's the name of this song? And it's Helicoptero. I don't want to say it. But uh, I looked up the English lyrics of the song um, during that pick, pitching change as Gabe was getting ready to bat. Um, and this is the section that I read. It says, let's toast a life for those who don't want us and also the envy. Again, it's the English version. Cheers for the family and for those who aren't there anymore, but take care of us from up above. So after that, after I read that, I got a little emotional. Um, and I said, you know what, I, I, Dad, if you're up there, put in a good word for Southern Miss because uh, we all believe. So if, you know, this weekend, if I'm there and I get tickets and you see a strange big dude stand up this weekend and start doing the angels in the outfield sing, flapping my arms, just know I'm not totally crazy that there's a method to the madness. But for me, the can't wait is... Uh, the chance for uh, us to revenge Ole Miss. No doubt, man. I was there at that regional last year, and you just felt like we were so close. You know, we fought back, we clawed back, even Ole Miss fans. And I'll say this, I'll give them this, Ole Miss fans were actually really hospitable to us last year when we went to that regional. And, uh, man, they – a bunch of Ole Miss fans came up to me after the game and said, man, if we had two more innings, you guys would have beat us. And I genu- I genuinely believe that same thing to be true. You know, what's to say? I, I never lost a game. I just ran, ran out of time. And I feel like that's what happened last year. So hopefully we get we get it kicked off and started a little bit quicker and, and get this win. So, Billy, what about this next weekend makes you say, I can't wait? Well, I think that's been the theme of this entire week so far uh, since uh, me and my crew left Pete Taylor Park last Monday. Um, you know, I had to go back to work, and if uh, if I'm being honest, hopefully boss man and my crew aren't listening to this podcast just yet, but I had a hard time focusing. I just, uh, you know, I, I'm just uh, enjoyed just the whole experience of going through the regional uh, being the first time we've hosted our own super regional, it's uh, it's just so exciting. Uh, the the environment and the atmosphere at the Pete is going to just be amazing. Um, you know, it's uh, I know there's a a bit of rivalry there. Um, I've got uh, you know I've got close friends on both sides. Obviously, uh, everybody does. Um, you know, uh, I know. We'll, we're going to talk a little later about, you know, it's, it's, it's tough even getting tickets into the game. Um, but it just, I, I just, I can only imagine as electric as it was against LSU, you know, just exactly what it's going to be like this weekend. Um, you know, I know y'all are going to get into the stats in a little bit, but, you know, I just, uh, uh, I just, you know, our team this year is, uh, it's just, it's so exciting because, you know, it, it's, it's probably one of the most complete teams we've had. Uh, I know every piece has had its ups and downs a little bit, but overall, I just I believe that this team, um, you know, has uh, every tool that it needs to, to to carry us honestly all the way. And um, and I don't say that to jinx us; I say it in and um, kind of you know piggybacking off of Chuck. 
a little bit. You know, I know I'm probably uh, getting to the emotions of things, but um, something that just, I don't know what it was. It was like a little theme uh, from probably some past sermon series uh, from church, but uh, I found an old, uh, uh, one of the wristbands that we had, and it said, love is greater than fear, you know, and uh, of course that was to do with the theme and, you know, just uh, not to get uh, too much into the gospel on the show, but, you know, um, uh, to me, you know, just kind of the, the thought about that and, and you know, uh, you know, baseball is, you know, it's just uh, it's a it's a passionate romantic sport and uh, it's intense and it's battling and it's just it's a lot of emotions tied up in it. But I wasn't uh, you know, I didn't want to just lose into the fear of what happens if we lose, but just to love the moment, love the team, uh, let that be greater than than being so just tied up in my fear of of just what happens if we don't. I'm just. I'm excited about it, and truthfully, I just cannot wait. You know, Billy, you mentioned how tough it is to get tickets for this. This atmosphere is going to be a crazy one. It's going to be a fun one. And that's a general theme I'm hearing is how difficult it is and a lot of people not getting tickets. Um, Understand, guys, the NCAA, by rule, especially in a super regional, you have to divvy out a certain amount of tickets to opposing teams. And with it only being one other opposing team, they get more tickets than these other teams did in the regional. So Ole Miss fans are going to get more tickets, a lot of to them than LSU did, than teams like that did, okay? So with that being said, yeah, it's going to be hard to find tickets because it creates almost a, a bottle, like it creates almost a like bottleneck situation there in the stadium to where you run out of seats in the grandstands. Because a certain percent of that ticket allotment has to go into our grandstands. And so um, I say all that to say this. Number one, be patient with the ticket office. They're doing the best they can, but by rule, you know, some people had to get kicked from their seats. I did. I'm in standing room only now, you know, and I know a lot of folks who would give anything for that. Um, But, you know, you get kicked from the seats that you had. The GA tickets from last weekend are basically turning into – basically turning into what the reserve seats were last weekend, you know? Uh, so that's because you have an influx of, of other teams fans who are getting more tickets allotted to them than, than LSU did last week. Okay. So a couple things to look at again, I told you, number one, be patient with, with the ticket office. They're doing what they can. Number two, um, Ole Miss fans are already getting a pretty good ticket allotment. So, you know, helping them buy Southern Miss tickets is only going to create more and more Ole Miss fans there because right now, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude or anything like that. It's Ole Miss, but if you want the home game environment, keep in mind they're already getting a bunch of tickets given to them in the grandstands for them to purchase. So Southern Miss fans selling them Southern Miss tickets is only going to make the percentage of Southern Miss fans to Ole Miss fans worse. You know, so just keep that in mind. And then the other thing I do want to mention, and Chuck, he knows about this too. Uh, we have information that the school is actually throwing a watch party at Century Park. So, guys, y'all need to be checking social media pages. Pate, our tech guru, I'm sure we'll be trying to retweet or, and uh, share on Facebook any information we see on that. But be on the lookout for a watch party, and from what I've heard, it should be similar to, like, what a pregame 
for tailgate for a football game would be like food trucks, a big screen with the game on and all that. And they're trying to set that up in Century Park. So if you still want to be there, you still want to be around Southern Miss fans and have a big time and a special experience, guys, you got something possibly coming your way here. Just be checking social media sites for that uh, over the next couple of days. I think it's supposed to be coming out in the next day or so. So as of right now, as we're recording, I don't think that's come out to the public yet, but it's coming. So it might be out by the time this recording gets out there. So, uh, but yeah, that's about it. I had on, on the Pete Taylor park atmosphere this weekend. It's going to be a big one guys. And so now Corey and I, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about the actual Ole Miss players. Let me give you a quick rundown here. Ole Miss is 35 and 22 on the season. Okay, they won their regional. They swept their regional. Beat Arizona 7-4. Beat Miami 2-1. Beat Arizona 22-6. In their conference tournament, they they made the play-in game. They had to beat Vanderbilt to get in the tournament, and they lost 1-3. In their last three series, they went 1-2 versus A&M. But the two series that really put them into a regional, because there were a lot of head scratches, happening when they got when their name got called on on that selection day uh they swept lsu at, at lsu and they swept missouri so definitely they have they have the firepower and the weapons to do so and i believe Corey is about to hit on their offensive firepower so Corey, what about this matchup this weekend makes you say can't wait you know, so to me, it starts back, if we back up to the regional, it was all about our pitching versus LSU hitting, right? And so the question was, is could our pitching staff slow down the LSU bats? And, and, and obviously, we saw what we were capable of doing against a LSU team that is a better hitting team overall than Ole Miss. So the question comes down to me now is, well, what's our starters do? They, they, they did their job this past weekend. So now that we have our three starters that are only focused on Ole Miss. So, Friday, uh, well, Saturday, excuse me, normally usually a Friday night, but Saturday, Hurston Waldrop's getting the start against Ole Miss in, in game one. So I'm looking most forward to watching Waldrop face Tim Elko. You know, Elko was super hot in that game against Ole Miss, uh, against Arizona. You know, he was four for four, had a home run, five RBIs, scored six runs. And, and you know, he's one of the premier power hitters in the country. Uh, he gave us fits last year. He had a great regional, I believe, if I remember right. He was the regional MVP last year at, at Ole Miss. And, you know, he, he's, he's just an outstanding hitter. So I look forward to seeing what uh, all of our starters and all of our bullpen can do against that offense. But really, Waldrop, I mean, he can set the pace for us on Saturday uh, and really send a message that we are an elite pitching staff from top to bottom. And, you know, when we played them, the two midweek games, they didn't see our weekend guys. They didn't see Tanner Hall. Tanner Hall had moved to the weekend by that point. You know, they saw Tyler Stewart and they saw Matt Matt Adams. And so, you know, just giving them a taste of what our front end of our, our pitching staff looks like uh, and seeing how they match up against some, some really good hitters when you talk about Elko. And then you can go on down the line. Jacob Gonzalez is an outstanding talent for them. Kevin Graham, Kemp Alderman. I mean, they – Justin Bench has been leading them off lately um, from from center field. But uh, it's a good hitting team. They're not as good as LSU. But the story and what I'm looking for is just see how our our pitching staff performs against that lineup. Because at the end of the day, when you can't score runs, you can't win games. And if we can hold them to, you know, under three runs, three and four runs, we've got a great chance. 
No doubt. And, and you know, you talked a little bit about these guys. You hit on them a little bit. Just some numbers on some of these guys. Uh, Elko, you know, you mentioned the game where he had the big home run against Arizona. But uh, the last game they played against Arizona, Elko actually had three home runs against them. And he ended up winning that regional MVP in Coral Gables. So, I mean, he's been really, really good. Peyton Chatney is one that, you know, you look at his numbers, he's batting 254, 10 doubles, two triples, 11 homers. I know a lot of Ole Miss fans have been frustrated with him this year. But in their tournament, but in that regional, guys, he caught wind. He hit two home runs in the in the regional. So he appears to be finding his swing here late. And you mentioned guys like Justin Bench batting over 300. Kevin Graham. Graham was hurt most of the year, but he hurt us in that last game. They played us with a homer. You know, batting over 300, 10 home runs. Alderman up to 10 home runs. So and Jacob Gonzalez is. He's a really, really good offensive shortstop. So, yeah, we got our work cut out for us. Do they have the Dylan Cruz and Jacob Berry one-two punch? No. You know, like you mentioned, but, but yeah, it's going to come down to what can these starting pitchers do against them, and I agree with you 100%, Corey. Our, our starting pitchers have a, have a chance this weekend to really go out and make a huge statement. I, I can't wait for it either, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I agree. And you look at what, you know, Miami has an excellent starting pitch and, and an excellent staff as well. They're, you know, most people consider them not as good overall as our staff when you talk to, you know, some of the guys from like D1 baseball. But, you know, they held Ole Miss to two runs on that Sunday game and the winner's bracket game. Uh, and, and But they lost two to one, you know, because, uh, you know, Hunter Elliott threw, threw an excellent game for Ole Miss. So, uh, yeah, if we can hold them and, and we can get some clutch hitting, I like I like our chances. Speaking of clutch hitting, that takes me to my can't wait. Uh, we had a lot of clutch hitting happen this past weekend in Hattiesburg, guys. Um, a lot of guys stepped up whenever whenever we needed them to, especially when we had to win three in a row to get out of it. You know, even the KSU game when we didn't have a ton of runs and didn't have a ton of offensive production when the hit when the big hit was needed, Sarge produced. You know, so. My question really is, uh, or my can't wait is to see our clutch hitting versus their pitching staff in Oxford. And we'll talk a little bit about their pitchers. Uh, so in the regional, I don't know if they use their pitching staff. Obviously, we changed our pitching staff going into supers from what we did in the regional. But in the regional, they threw Dylan DeLucia first. He's, you know, been their ace most of the year. Um Four six eight ERA, seventy three innings pitch. He's he's got the most innings pitched here of their starters. Um, seventy nine strikeouts, twenty four walks, a five and two record. So he's he's good in his own right. But to me, the one that's most impressive is Hunter Elliott. And actually, Corey, you pointed something out to me earlier. How old is Hunter Elliott? What year is he? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's a freshman. I'll double check that and validate. That's very impressive. <laughs> out of a yes, freshman. he is. He's a freshman. That's very impressive out of a freshman, guys. I mean, Hunter Elliott on paper, to me, is their best pitcher. The only thing that he lacks that Delucia does have is innings pitched. Uh, Elliott's got a 317 ERA, 59.2 innings pitched. And in those 59.2 innings pitched, he has 82 strikeouts, 30 walks. Hunter Elliott. Guys, he's the real deal. He's a great pitcher. And, uh, you know, Corey touched on it earlier. 
he threw a heck of a game in that second game against Miami. So, um, you know, our second game against them, if they leave their pitching staff as is, we're going to have our work cut out for us with Hunter Elliott. And then uh, yeah, he's kind of in that Doug Nikhazy mode, yeah. uh, mold too. Uh, he's very similar to the left-handed pitcher, young kid, got a lot of the same kind of skills. Right. So yeah, he's he's going to be one to watch. Oh yeah, and they they've got a special one there in Oxford for the next few years. And then uh, their Sunday guy, and actually he was a midweek guy when we played. We've actually played against Derek Diamond before. He started the first game we played against him at Trustmark, but uh, Diamond. He has a six eight nine ERA, uh, sixty five innings pitch, fifty seven Ks. You know, on paper, he's got the worst stats of the three starters that threw last weekend for him. So, um, again, you know, you like to think if you get to that Sunday or you get to that game three, if we had to go to that, you know, you get Riggins versus Diamond. You know, you like to you like our chances there with Riggins, I would think. You know, and so. Um, to me, really what helps Ole Miss out a lot, their pitchers, and I just mentioned the innings pitch for them, Southern Miss's innings pitched are way higher than these LSU, or these LSU, here I go again, than these Ole Miss starters, okay? And the reason why is we leave our starters in a lot longer than they do. They lean on their bullpen a little bit more, and they've got some good players in their bullpen, guys. Uh, to me, on paper, Josh Mallets is probably their best bullpen guy. He's got one three eight ERA. He's only thrown twenty six innings, but in those twenty six innings, he has forty strikeouts and only nine walks. That's good coming in out of the bullpen. Another one, Mason Nichols, three two one ERA, one zero uh, record on the season. Twenty eight innings pitched, thirty four Ks. Jack Washburn, three two nine ERA. Five and two on the season, 38 innings pitched, 39 Ks. And and so you're kind of seeing a trend here that they have more Ks and strikeouts coming in out of the bullpen. Uh, and then their closer is Brandon Johnson. He has 11 saves on the year. Uh, in comparison, Landon Harper has 12. So not too far off there from Landon. He's got 408 ERA, 66 strikeouts, 21 walks. So – their bullpen, guys, has been, to me, the strength of their pitching staff, aside from Hunter Elliott really coming on for them. I think they get what they can out of their starter. Once the once the other team's seen the starter through a few times and starts getting to them a little bit, they're able to turn it over to these other guys out of the pen. And from the look of the innings count here, guys, the bullpen guys don't have to come in very long. Like They are pretty much on a short leash. And they yank them pretty quick. So if you thought LSU had a bunch of pitching changes, we might be in for another weekend of it. So, but should be an exciting atmosphere. I'm ready to see guys like Danny Lynch, Christopher Sargent, see if they can carry over the success they have, see what Dustin Dickerson can do against these guys. You know, you mentioned Hunter Elliott being a lefty. That should play in Dustin Dickerson's favor, should play in uh will mcgillis's favor so we'll we'll see how well our guys can respond to this um so i'm excited i can't wait to see our hitters go up against this pitching staff and see number one if we can't get them into their bullpen as early as possible and then after that what can we do when the bullpen does get in there it's also worth calling out that in the trustmark game against old miss brandon johnson was the pitcher that 
that Danny Lynch tapped for the three-run home run to give us the 10-7 lead. I didn't even realize that. I'm glad you looked that up. That is worth noting, definitely. And boy, he oh, looked, I was there. I remember it. He laced, he laced that one. So, yeah, I mean, looking forward to seeing our guys do it. Hopefully we do it again, you know. All right, guys, we're uh, going to move into our uh, weekly pick em, uh just for the stats. Um, last week, we uh, picked the regional winners. and uh, Who had the best? Un- pick, unfortunately, Chuck? Mr. Lane Brady got 12 out of 16 correct. Picked 12 out of 16 correct. Um, You're right. I ha- Absolutely. <laughs> I had 7 out of 16 correct, and Jonathan, our guest last week, had 8 out of 16 correct. So, guys, I'm going to go through the uh, – Super regionals, and I ask each of you who you think is going to come out on top. Uh, Corey, we'll start with you. Notre Dame versus Tennessee. Who do you have, man? Man, as much as I'd love to see Notre Dame win that, there's no way. It's Tennessee. All right, Tennessee. Seems sure. And I hate Notre Dame. I hate what? Why? I love Notre Dame. I can't. Can't do it. Well, I picked Notre Dame, so I I think they're going to do the upset. Uh, Billy, what about you, man? I, I don't think it's that bad of a pick, Chuck. I mean, you know, I think they're, uh, you know, uh, going in with a little bit of chip on their shoulder, too. Uh, you know, they really uh, went uh, in the, through the regional they were in, uh, made a statement, I think. Um, however, I do think, uh, you know, uh, going up against uh, about one of the most true number one teams we've seen, uh, I'm going to go with Tennessee on my pick. Tennessee. And, Lane, what say you, man? Man, I thought I was going to drop a bobshell tonight, and then Chuck goes in and picks, and picks Notre Dame. So, I picked Notre Dame last time. You picked Texas Tech last that's time. That's true. So. I'm going Notre I'm Dame. I'm sticking with Notre guys. Dame. I'm going Notre yeah. Dame. I know. I'm crazy. But uh, I'm thinking Arkansas, NC State, uh, 2.0 this year. I really do. Tennessee showed some weakness this past weekend. They were losing games. They were losing four nothing to Campbell late in that game. They were right. they showed a little bit of weakness this this weekend, and I know Tennessee. I know how good they are, but here's a stat for you. You ready? Twelve in twelve of the past twenty one NCAA baseball tournaments. I read this on Twitter today, so you know it's got to be right. In twelve of the past twenty one NCAA tournaments, the number one seed has been knocked off by a team that was unranked. And I know Notre Dame is ranked in in the top 25, but they're talking about an unranked seed, basically a seed that was out of the top 16 is where that would go. So, with that being said, I think we're about to have 13 of the past 22. I just – I see Notre Dame doing it. I'm going to call it and speak it into existence. I think Notre Dame finds a way to shock the world this weekend. I dig it. I dig it. All right, we'll move on to East Carolina versus Texas. Billy, let's uh, get you to go first here, man. Who do you think pulls it out? Wow, that's uh, you know I think this is going to be um, maybe uh, outside of ours a pretty daggum tough super regional number nine against number eight. Um, you know, uh, East Carolina has been on a roll, and uh, you know I remember we uh, it was some of the most exciting games uh, back in the day when they were in our conference. And, um, you know, as, uh, as much as – I'm not sure. Am I wrong saying if, if Texas pulled it out and we're in there, would we have an opportunity, you know, on their side? 
I haven't. Yeah, they're on the other side. So, yeah. So they the would first have, four are going to be on one side. Game. Um, to see them. Yeah, overall, it'd be nice to have some revenge against them, possibly. But, but honestly, I think East Carolina is going to pull it out uh, against Texas in the Super Regional. All right. Corey, what about you, man? Well, of all the teams or schools that Southern Miss used to be in a conference with, the one that I would love to be back in a conference with or see them come to, like, the Sun Belt would be East Carolina. They were my absolute favorite rival for a long time. I loved playing them. I loved their fans. They had great fans. Uh, Unfortunately, I never made it to a game for football or baseball over there. Uh, It's still kind of on my short list if we ever get a chance to, to go back over there and play them. And as much as I would love to see them pull out the win over Texas, and, and, and I know Texas struggled for a while during the season, but they're, they're just too good. There's too much talent on that team. Uh, I, I would love to see East Carolina finally break through and make the College World Series for the first time in program history. I believe Texas, unfortunately, does not allow them to do that. I got to. I agree. I, I picked Texas as well. Lane, what about you, man? So, Corey – at East Carolina, when I worked for the team at Southern Miss, we played them in football. We beat them at their place. I think it was the last time we played them at East Carolina. You know they come out of a massive pirate ship? Yes. <laughs> it's just pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool to see it in person. There was a streaker at that game, too. That was pretty interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, some fun times against East Carolina. Um, obviously, I think, guys, they may – I saw something earlier today. I was reading up on some of these, and I saw something earlier that said, I think East Carolina might have the record for most super regional appearances without ever going to Omaha, I think. Something, I believe you're correct. I think I saw some stat that said that. I'm sure I just butchered the wording of it. But it was something to that extent. Guys, I think they break it. I think the East Carolina Pirates beat Texas. I think they're they're on too big of a roll right now. I think they – or have a ton of momentum. I think they have a ton of confidence at the plate. And at the end of the day, aren't they playing in East Carolina? They are. They are. Yes, sir. I'm going Pirates in this one. Two and two. All right. Moving on to the next one, Lane. We'll go ahead and start with you, man. Texas A&M versus Louisville. Who you got? I think Texas A&M is much better than Louisville talent-wise. I really do. I think Louisville – didn't really impress a ton last weekend, and I think A&M answered the bell last weekend and kind of showed us who they are, and I just think I think A&M is much more talented than Louisville, so I'm going A&M. I went with A&M as well just because uh, I had a friend girl in college, and uh, she, uh, she was a big uh, A&M fan, so uh, I got to watch a little bit of them when we were hanging out. Billy, who do you pick between A and M and Louisville? I'm uh, I'm going A and M also. Uh, just a uh, little bit I know. I think they got a better pitching staff. Um, you know, uh, and uh, you know it's just it's going to be. Uh, you know, both of them can hit the ball really good, but I, I think they're going to edge them out just uh, due to their due to their uh, to their arms. I got you. Excellent, and Corey. What say you? Well, I mean, personally, I think Louisville had one of, if not the easiest regionals of all of them. Uh, I know they had a hot Michigan team come in, and they, they you know, had to play them and put them away. But at the end of the day, I go with everybody else. A&M has too much talent. Louisville, I think, is not quite as good as they are. And uh, I, I'm going A&M uh, in 
uh, College Station. Okay. In two games. All right, cool. I think it's a sweep. Yep. In two games. Okay. okay. All right, Corey, we'll stick with you. Uh, Virginia Tech versus Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, I go back to Virginia Tech's an excellent team. I mean, they have really – they went – you know they were picked, if I'm not mistaken, last or second last in the conference preseason. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so uh, an excellent team. They've had a great season. Unfortunately, I think it ends against OU. Okay. OU takes it in three. OU. All right. I picked OU as well. Uh, Billy, what about you, man? Do you got Virginia Tech or Oklahoma? I'm going Virginia Tech on this one, Chuck. Okay, VT. Just a gut feeling or? You know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think so. Um, okay. They're not a perennial, you know, powerhouse, uh, you know. Am I wrong in saying this is actually their super regional debut? I think I was reading. I may be wrong in saying that, but it um, may be. I'll have to look. It's definitely the first time um, they've hosted one. I believe yeah, that's yeah. is their first appearance too. Wow. Yeah, I, I think so. So um, I don't know. It's just. Um, I, I mean, I I just I think uh, I think they're gonna they got a little mojo going on and gonna be able to pull it out. Excellent. All right, Lane. What about you, man? See, Virginia Tech burned me last week because didn't I pick against them? Let's see, Lane, you picked, and that, no, you picked Virginia Tech. Oh, I did? Well, I'm not picking them this week, because I think Oklahoma wins this okay. I just, I don't, okay. I don't know why, I just feel like Oklahoma, Oklahoma's been really consistent all year, and they've been really hot as of late, they won their conference, um, obviously they won their regional, I just, I know Virginia Tech's on on a roll right now, and they've got a lot of exciting stuff happening over there, and they should be excited for it all. I just don't, I don't, I don't see them getting past Oklahoma this week. All right, Corey, we'll go to you. Stanford versus UConn. We're on the other side of the bracket now. Moving over to the right side. Yeah, so the, the good side. You know, I think the other weakest uh, regional was called. I think Maryland's a good team. Um, uh, you know, I thought Wake Forest actually would be the one that came out of there. So I picked Wake Forest too. Was was my surprise up, that upset you know threw off my bracket just a little bit. But I, I think Connecticut's a good team. They got a good pitching staff. But at the end of the day, I think Stanford's too powerful for them. Okay. All right, Billy. What about you? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going Stanford also on this one. I just you know I don't uh, I don't think UConn's going to be able to keep them in the park. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I mean, didn't watch all of the game, but that was one of those games we got back in and caught, uh, after one of our game. And just, I mean, Stanford just, you know, they just put up some, uh, major runs and uh, that's yeah. just been throughout most of the season too. So. Awesome. All right, Lane. Man, I'm Stanford or UConn. I've mulled over this one cause I want UConn to win. I really want UConn to win. I think Stanford wins, but I really don't like it. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I guess I'll pick Stanford just for sake of trying to keep my keep my streak of being, you know, the keep your streak going. Yeah, the picker here, but I don't, I really don't like it though. I want. I hope I'm wrong. I genuinely hope I'm wrong. UConn. Well, well, right. Well, I I went with UConn because I, I believe it was one of your guys you introduced me to this weekend. 
was telling me that UConn tweeted Southern Miss and wished them good luck against LSU, saying that uh, they would see him in Omaha. I tweeted so I them back. Real... I tweeted them back, and yeah. UConn's actual baseball Twitter tweeted me back. And that's all. I, I, like I, I saw that. I I'm, cool. I'm rooting for them hard, man. Please prove me wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Please, please beat Stanford. And I think Stanford's a beatable team. Texas they, State had them on the ropes. I just, I don't know, man. I just got a gut feeling that I don't like. Absolutely. All right, Lane, we'll stick with you. North Carolina versus Arkansas. All right, so this one, I think this matchup's pretty even. I think you can make a good case for either one. I'm going to pick Arkansas still. I picked them last week, and they did me well. I think I'm going to go with Arkansas again. Uh, but, again, you could definitely make a case for North Carolina also. They're a really good good baseball team. So, True story. I, w- I went with North Carolina for my pick. Uh, Billy, what about you? You got North Carolina or Arkansas? You know, I think this is a, a little bit of a tough one, too. I think I'm going to go Arkansas just because I – uh, they kind of <clears throat> they kind of went through a little bit of a uh, cool down period. I, I saw a neat little stat there where they uh, they'd only scored uh, seven runs just once in like uh, several of the games before the tournament, and then during the tournament they put up a you know twenty ten seven and seven over the four games. So you know if they can stay hot like that, I, I think uh, I think they'll be able to pull it off. Those were some fun games All to right. watch too. Uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma State games. They had a fun regional to watch. For sure. All right, Corey, you got North Carolina or Arkansas? Well, I, I am. This is a little bit more of a uh, personal pick here. I'm picking North Carolina because I want to match up in the College World Series against them to get some uh, revenge for revenge. our 09 loss. Yep. I, I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. If if Texas, North Carolina, Southern Miss, what's that, three teams that were in that 2009? <laughs> yep. So, we know the champion Arkansas. that year won't be there. Arkansas, yeah. The champion that year will not be there because they'll be sitting at home thanks to Tyler Stewart and Justin Storm and a few of our batters. Um, all right. Well, uh, Oregon State versus Auburn. Corey, who you got? Oregon State versus Auburn. Man, I'm going to Oregon State. I think they're they're just too good. Auburn is good. They're I don't think they can beat Oregon State personally. Are they playing at Oregon State or are they at Auburn? They are. They Oregon are State. State. Yes. All right, Billy. What about you? Um, you know, uh, what what little I know, Auburn has a, a couple of good hitters, uh, hitting well over 300, but the rest of the lineup is struggling. Uh, from what I understand, and, and I think it's going to take uh, a, a lot more um, of that to come around to be able to beat them. Uh, so I'm going Oregon State on that. All right. I, I went with Oregon State as well. Blaine, what about you, man? Give me Oregon State in two, Chuck. Oregon State in two. I would say Oregon State in one if the NCAA would let it happen. Let it happen. That's funny. Well, I am not going to ask y'all who y'all think is going to win the Southern Miss versus Ole Miss because if you say the wrong one, uh, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna have a little problem. No, I'm just to kidding. the top, um, baby. So I'm going to assume, yeah, to the top, baby. So um, I do want to call out that our first game, if we beat Ole Miss, would be against the winner of the Oregon State-Auburn game. And Oregon State did lose two out of three at Arizona. Just okay. Just that out. All right. 
They're beatable. They are beatable. They are very beatable. I think I I I, I really like our shot this year. I th- I really believe the stars have aligned. Well, uh, guys, I guess that's that's it for the night. Um, before we end, uh, I want to give a special shout out uh, to Mickey Kelly and his beautiful wife and daughter, who we got to meet this weekend at the regional. Um, there's some exceptional people who love Southern Miss and uh, made the games a lot of fun for us. So, uh, Mickey, if you're listening, shoot us a message on Facebook at Everyday Eagle. We'd love to talk to you some more. Um, and always, thanks for listening. Thanks for Pate Thaggard for making us sound like we know what we're doing because most of the time we don't. Um, Eagle and fans, as always, stay, stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned. We started up a new series last week on a Where Are They Now with Colin Cargill, and we have a a pretty good guest coming on next week. I'll wait and let you see Absolutely. whenever it gets announced. But we got a pretty good guest coming on next week. I'm I'm fired up about it. I'm very fired up about it. It's going to be a good one for sure. And uh, thank you, Billy. Thank you, Corey. Um, we hope y'all come on in the future, especially if we uh, win the Super Regional. You may have to come back on for the Omaha College World Series. We would be honored to, Chuck. Thank you, guys. Until next time, thank y'all, and as always, Southern Myths to the top. top. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. For Southern Miss fans, by Southern Miss fans. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EverydayEaglesPodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Everyday Eagles Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Touchdown!